my friends, and welcome to the Limitless Outdoors podcast brought to you by Eberly Stock. Today, we are wrapping up our four-part series on prepping and planning and executing a DIY moose hunt in Alaska. And as we conclude this in part four, what we're going to be talking about today is how do we get this thousand pound chunk of meat and antler out of the most remote reaches of God's creation and bring it back to our home, wherever that may be. Yep. Uh, for us, it's Idaho. For you, it could be somewhere else. And Pennsylvania. So, Pennsylvania, yeah. yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, and so that's what we're going to be looking at today. We want to answer just a couple of the logistics questions. It's changed a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to try and help you understand what you need to do and be prepared for to get the moose from the field all the way back to your table. Okay. So first of all, you, you mentioned, you said, um, this, this, you know, thousand pound meat and antler. You, we never even talked about how much the antlers weighed. <sighs> Oh, yeah. So, so how much do those antlers weigh? I mean, cause I'm looking at, I'm looking at one sitting right over there and that's, that's mighty big and it's sitting next to a monster mule deer. Well, we'll put it this way. So, I know of moose paddles that have been found yeah. that are in the mid 30 pound range each. So right. two 35 pound paddles comes out to a 70 pound head. That's not no, even no, plus the, the head. Plus yeah, the skull. Right, right, right. Yeah, plus yeah. the skull and everything. Yeah, yeah. with the brain. And, and then and the hide yeah. has to be, the hide has to be tremendously huge. Yeah. yeah. We, just, we don't, we don't mount our bulls. So well, we the don't weight, the yeah, the weight on, so the weight on my head, I think was like 74 pounds wow. the other day. Wow. Yeah. After it was cleaned. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, just. That yeah, gives you yeah. a feel. So, for, so we're looking at eleven hundred pounds. Yeah, it took so much for like Adam's bull a couple of years ago. It took yeah. so much for him to even try and hold that up. When you're, you literally can't hold these things out away from you when you pick them up. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you have right to rest here. them on like, your body. Like, yeah. Arms are shaking. Yeah, you're, like, you know? on a knee or all yeah. the way against your body. You can't yeah. hold these things out. They're yeah. insanely heavy. Yeah, so, yeah. Awesome. so, so the so the claim that you guys are sitting way back behind the animal as you're trying to show off your antlers. That's totally like that's not even humanly possible. Well, yeah, not with moose. <laughs> yeah, not with moose. <laughs> Maybe some deer. You get back yeah. behind them, they yeah. look magnum. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's <laughs> yeah, real, right? Yeah. 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 So, wow. Yeah. The, yeah. No, it, you're so, moving a lot of And that's a lot. And so, and so, weight. and people are, I mean, you've got like if they flew in on a, if that air taxi had a super cub or they had, what was that other one that you had? The, the oh, other like 206. Uh, 206. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they have a 206. So they got a super cub and they can only take so much meat. Yeah. And you've got a couple of, you know, 200 pound men. So this, yeah, if you're in a super cub, you got a pilot that's just doing laps out there oh, trying to get man. everything out of the backcountry. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, in a 206, you can get everything in one load. But this, so a couple big things when we talk about getting meat back um, that are really easy to overlook. Uh, the first one is getting it from the field. We talked about packing a little bit last right. time. Yeah. Getting, but it getting it from the field. Um, so we're getting it from our base camp back to wherever we're out of. So like where our air taxi guy is. Um, the first big thing there is having a conversation before you go out with that guy about what you're going to do with that meat. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple options there, but when that meat is transferred from you back to his place, uh, there's an important piece of paper. You have to have a transfer of possession. What do you form. mean by back to his place? So you're out at your base camp. That moose has to go somewhere when he flies it back out. He can't just dump it out on the side of the okay. road, right? Okay. So yeah, yeah. you need to make sure that he has facilities or whatever. If you're out there and continuing on hunting, because a lot of times, you know, he'll kill uh, a moose kill or I'll kill a moose yeah. and yeah. we keep hunting. Okay. And so then yeah. he'll actually grab the meat and take it. Yeah. yeah. Our so, air taxi guy, he actually has a walk-in cooler set up yeah, built a lot in of for the, storing a lot of the guys. Do. A lot of the guys do, but some may not. 
you may have to make they probably have other arrangements for yeah. it so and so just make sure of that but so you got to have a transfer possession form and so, like, you're out in the middle of nowhere. You don't think about having those things. Um, they usually come with a lot of the Alaskan game bags. You'll have a transfer possession form. And there's also one in the regulations as the well. The Alaskan game bags. You're talking about the, those game the bags actual, that you were... Yeah. Literally, the, they, the Alaskan, they're called Alaskan game so, bags. So that's On the, the back of the label, they have a transfer of possession oh, form. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, so, okay. yeah. Okay, and so you write down, like, your license number, what you're transferring, meat, yeah. antlers. Do you know if the caribou bags do that, too? I don't know. We don't know that. Yeah. But it's an easy form to get a hold of. Okay. But you want to fill that out. So you need a pen with you again. Yeah. When you're bring hunting. Bring that pen. <laughs> um, yeah, bring a pen. Make sure you got a pen. And just fill that out, and it goes with the meat. That's pretty simple. I mean, if you got a knife, you could just sign it in blood. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but making sure you have um, kind of an idea ahead of time. So uh, some guys try and bring the whole moose home with them. This is a possibility. Uh, it costs quite a bit of money to get the moose home. How we do it is we donate a good portion of our meat and then we bring a couple hundred pounds home each. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about that donation process because uh, I've taken some flack for that over the years. So one of the things that people don't realize is the lack, especially out where we're hunting in some of the smaller villages in Western Alaska, it's hard to get meat there. You think meat's expensive in your grocery store? Meat's it's way more expensive um, up there. Yeah. And so getting meat is a hard thing. And then harvesting the moose, um, there's a lot of older people in the community that don't have the ability to go out. Uh, there's a lot of poverty in these communities for getting the, the moose meat. And I don't want to sit here and sound like this kind of like knight shining armor here, but there's a reality that there's a huge need that can is met annually by the people that are coming out to hunt moose. And most hunters will donate a portion of their moose to these people. Yep. And the beauty, the yeah, beauty of that, good. I'll tell you my first experience that was so powerful and profound. Um, we gave away one of our moose and these people come to get it and you help them load it up and everything. And this one guy was crying. He and his wife were crying because they hadn't had moose meat in years. They were an yeah, old, they were yeah. an older couple, weren't able to get out there and hunt. Their kids weren't around to go and hunt for them. Nobody was, nobody just giving out meat. Yeah. Right. And so it was this, like, it was a profound experience for me to see how grateful they were. Like they can't give away moose. They, they can't get moose it, fast enough to give it away. It's yeah. just, it's just funny to me because you don't like they live there. The, I, so that's what the most people other, can't wrap their mind yeah, around. The other thing is, is that there aren't actually that many moose right up against town right there. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of places there that don't have a ton of moose immediately there. So unless you have a plane or a boat, mm -hmm. a lot of these people don't have access to where a so lot they of moose may are. live in Alaska. So they may live in Alaska, but even though they live in Alaska, it doesn't mean that they're getting a moose. Yeah, so, so they still have get to fish, do but not gotcha. much. From think moose. about it. Think about it this way. Um, it, the air taxi costs that it costs us to go out is what it would cost them to go out. And so imagine it more like this, you being in Pennsylvania, um, if deer weren't around you yeah. and you really love deer meat, but it cost you five grand to go get a deer. And all of a sudden somebody brought deer meat back to town yeah. and you couldn't get one. How excited would you be if somebody said, Hey, you want half my deer? Right. Yeah. You'd be like, Oh, I love deer meat. Well, and moose is an incredible meat. Well, that was like when I, when I first started hunting and uh, we were living in Georgia at the time and I was terrible. Like I was, I was abysmal as a hunter and, um, and I started hunting for the purpose of being able to like take care of my family. Like I had a, I had a yeah. wife and, yeah. and, um, she had, a, you know, we, we had a wife and child and we had another baby, you know, and we're like, okay, I need to provide for my family and get this, get this squared away. And, um, 
I like for the first, you know, for the first couple of years, I didn't get a thing. I was, yeah. you know, like I'm hunting, I'm trying to figure it out. I, I didn't grow up hunting. I didn't have anybody like teaching me what to do or anything. So like I was awful and my neighbor comes over and, uh, he was, he was kind of a jerk, but he was like, even being a, a not a nice person, he comes over and he's like, I, I killed a couple of doe. Do you want them? And yeah. I mean, we were so grateful. Yeah. We were so grateful. I mean, just, and, and I, I can, under, I can imagine and we were like, cause we were like sitting, like trying to figure out our budget and we're like, we're like looking through like the couch cushions for, for like nickels and stuff, you know, so that yeah. we can, you know, and so like to have, to have, you know, somebody actually just, you know, bring a deer. So I, I actually know that feeling. Yeah. You know? And the need is yeah. real. The need's real everywhere. It's down here, you know, so at our church, um, I'm the pastor at a church here and we give away just at our church between Colton and I, we give away over a thousand pounds of elk and deer a year at the church. And I'm not joking. We're bringing it in on a Sunday. We'll let everybody know it's gone in minutes. Yeah. Literally cleared gone. out. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is like, I used to do, um, I used to do evangelism down in Miami and we used yeah. to have like a homeless ministry where we give away food, you know, yeah. with the, and they were, the homeless down there, they would like scoff at the food that we brought. Like it yeah. was, it was amazing. Like they had so much food in the city they had so much food. They didn't know what it was like and they don't realize like, and so to actually see people that are super grateful for the food that you bring, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's really like, it, it really is meaningful. And there are people like that. There's, there's so much, there's so much poverty and starvation here in the United States. We like, we're trying to help out all these other countries and we don't realize what's here. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the diet that some of these people are eating, like I experience it. We do a lot of ministry within the church yeah. in that vein. Um, and there's a lot of people that don't get to eat meat or the meat that they do get to eat is just total garbage. You know, there's a lot of people living on disability. Um, and you know, your, your rent is $400 in low income housing. The disability yeah. check is generally around 850. So you have yeah, a $400 budget to live off of. And social security doesn't necessarily do much for you anyway. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's an throw amazing inflation thing. on that and you're exactly. done for. <laughs> exactly. So I don't say that to justify just like, oh, you just go kill stuff and just give it away. I, there's a, such a, there is such an awesome need that is met by hunters mm -hmm. on, on so many different levels. And it's a really cool thing. So when you talk about a thousand pound animal, yeah, a thousand pounds is a lot of meat. And yeah, you know, our family's not going to eat a thousand pounds, yeah, yeah. but we do eat a couple hundred pounds of moose meat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we bring back, we bring that back. Uh, we bring back the memories and yeah. we're also able to contribute in that way. And so that's a good way to, um, and I, I think financially it's a smart move too. So it's like, it's, a, it's blessings all around for everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's so welcomed. It's not, Mm -hmm. It's not like a degrading thing. It's just so welcome to people are excited to get the right. meat. So that's yeah. a, when we talk about creating a strategy um, for this hunt, I want to know how much meat I'm going to bring home mm -hmm. because that's going to dictate what I bring with me. So we bring freezer bags with us mm -hmm. that we can load with a hundred pounds of meat. Okay. Um, each. So a free, oh, hold on. So, so freezer bags, what do you mean? Like what size freezer we, bags? We talking? bring like a giant dry bag. So we okay. run yeah. like a so you're not 65, like, you're not 65 to like 7,000 cubic inch dry okay. bag. Okay. So, so yeah. you're not, you, yeah, you're not talking about Ziploc bags. No, talking, yeah, that's no, a good no. delineation. So yeah. where would so, you get these types of bags? Everly uh, Stock makes some great dry bags that we use. We load those things up, okay. freeze all the meat, and then pack it in there. Okay, so they so, find it on Everly Stock. So yeah, well, let's yeah. talk. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. So we bring that. We talk about the proxy statement. You know, we get that meat back. Then he flies us out. We have cold storage there. Mm -hmm. um, we get there. All of our meat's hanging. 
and we cut what we want to off of the meat and then we donate the rest. And what we do is we set up, um, he's got a vacuum packer, vacuum sealer. Mm -hmm. And so we set up assembly line and we sit there and we chop the meat up. In Alaska. Yeah, Yeah. in Alaska, put it in bags and we freeze it. And then when we're ready to fly out, we figure out 200 pounds of meat, put it in the bags, take it. And the reason why it's 200 pounds of meat is because up to 100 pounds or 99 pounds, um, you have just an overweight charge for your baggage. <laughs> but it's a hundred bucks. But right? it's a hundred bucks. Anywhere between like 50 pounds and a hundred pounds, it's all the same. Yeah. yeah. So it's a hundred dollars for a hundred pounds. Think about it that way to okay. get it all the way okay. home. Okay. hundred dollars for a hundred pounds. Yeah. So that's a dollar a pound. Yeah. So yeah. bring home 200 pounds is $200, a dollar a pound yeah, for your yeah, meat yeah, that yeah. you're gotcha. bringing home. Gotcha. Right. And gotcha. so you could bring more back depending on what you want to do. You could load up seven bags. I don't know. I, I can't tell you off the top of my head if the airlines would charge you more when you get too many bags. Yeah. Um, there might yeah, be some substantial. After, I, I think three. You some, like freight so. or something. You can have it, you know, freight checked. But, you know. Yeah. yeah the depending. biggest thing would be storage up there because the air freight, it takes a while for it to get out mm-hmm. typically. So mm-hmm. like our moose, how long did we wait for a moose this year? Yeah, you don't four want to or five that. months. So yeah, if you're oh, hold on, time. so okay, so so you said that you coordinate, you you do like 15 days for the hunt. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now looking at your schedule, you got 15 days for a hunt. You've got um, 11 days is in your you know when the tags are you mm-hmm. know when, when when your season is, and then how long does it take for you to actually like pack? I mean, you, it seems like this is it, like that's quick. Yeah. yeah so we so get how, out. I mean, it's work. Like what you don't realize about these hunts and maybe some people do, but you're working the whole time. It is not the most restful thing you've ever done. (laughs) And so, yeah, we're packing these things. Typically we spend about two, three hours probably chopping and packaging and freezing. Okay. And then we load all that up. Just two, three hours. Yeah. Yeah, So that's a simple way uh, to get it back. You're always out of the, out of the villages right now, there used to be a bunch of different airlines. Um, it's all Alaska airlines right now, mm-hmm. which has actually made it awesome for getting stuff back. Yeah. So that yeah. has changed. It used to be that you had to go through an expediter to get your antlers back okay. home, okay. um, or ship them air cargo or whatever. Uh-huh. But now, so we've got the meat side of things, but then there's the antler side of things. How do you prep this head to get it home? Yeah. So you can literally now, um, package it up and check it as checked baggage costs a hundred dollars the head the head and it's not it's not always guaranteed (laughs) that your checked head will get on that flight a lot of times they do one head per flight so if you're there early oh so they're used to this yeah are you flying out of like alaska airlines is that yeah yeah, okay i gotcha so but they um they typically do at least they do one head per flight unless there's a lot of extra room then they'll throw a couple heads in there the first time that we did it through alaska airlines we put all of our heads on and they just came home. Yeah, so it was super small quick. the same yeah, day. We, we flew directly home moose heads off the plane with yeah, us. Yeah. They were, yeah, it was awesome. Absolutely awesome. But um, yeah, there can be some delay and you might have to run back down to your uh, your airport, wherever that may be. For us, it's Spokane. So we yeah. run back down and pick it up a day, two days, three days later. Aren't but, you worried about like the head breaking? No. You know, I mean, like, I'm just thinking, like, if you're, pre- you're, you're pre- like, how do you, how do you get that head ready to be so, able to actually yeah, for, travel? The you big know? thing for getting it ready is you don't want that head leaking all over. So, so we Hefty bring it back. So bags. we do European. Yeah. So if you're going to do, yeah. if you're going to do a cape, um, you're probably going to need to go through an expediter, yeah. goes through a taxidermist and everything kind of gets more complicated. We bring the, we do a European. So you got the whole head. Um, and then a couple things you need to do. You got to tape up all the points. Yeah. So we're bringing uh, duct tape with us and get a hold of some cardboard, put cardboard on all the points. We've been talking about doing pool noodles too. 
in the future. That would be oh, yeah, the ticket. Be, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of different things. That yeah, you but, but I mean, you know, on a, on a moose, you got like that big flat paddle and then, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. so we just go on the points. Okay. Yep. okay. And then um, you want to scoop all the brains out of it. And then you wrap the head with like some heavy duty um, contractor plastic bags. Yep. And when you do that, it um, then you want to tape it all down. But you got to make sure you get those brains out. Otherwise, You're talking about those black trash bags or yeah, black okay. trash bags. Yeah, I know those black trash bags. Yeah, put okay. it over the gotcha. head. Okay. Get a bunch. Get a few of them. Two, three of them okay. over the top. The big, thick, heavy mill pla- plastic ones. Um, and then tape all that down. You want to try and prevent it from leaking. Yeah, on tape around the baggage. base of the antlers is a big thing. You and get then, that bag up and tape around the base of the antlers, seal it up completely. Yeah, so. And then you just bring it home. So it's. You know, it's not the biggest deal in the world. Um, there are expediters that you could Google. We've we've only used one once, uh, so I don't really have a recommendation there. It's the simplest way just to bring them straight home right. with you um, and then get them bugged or whatever you want to do with them. What do you guys do? We tried a new process this year, actually. So, yeah, we saw it from, we saw it from some friends of ours um, and uh, stuck in the rut. And they had learned it from a local guide up there where you actually steam the head. And it's, it's really, it's a really cool process. I, I got to see it and try it out. I don't really recommend it for elk and deer. It's easier just to boil those things. You can do, you can do an elk and a couple of deer at the same time. You could do two elk, or if you just have one elk, just boil it. There's, it's not necessary, but with moose, the way that the horns come off, you can't just boil the head. Because it'll sit down in the water, you'll destroy the horns, everything right, else, yeah, or yeah, you yeah. won't boil yeah. the top of the head. Well, you so, would need like a you need a tub because of the because of the way that they the way the, yeah. the, the antlers, yeah, uh, not horns, yeah, the yeah. way that the antlers come off to the side. Yeah, there's no way that you'd be able to like fully submerge that thing. Yeah, so we saw how they got to do it, and um, I tried it out this year. There's a little bit of a learning curve figuring out everything, but um, yeah. it was a steaming process. Okay. So it was. Yeah. Yeah, so they, awesome. have a, they have a good video on how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you were telling me about the process. Cause I was, cause when you were doing that, I was busy boiling my, my deer from this past year. And I was like, I got to boil heads. And you're like, I'm steaming them. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, was, what do you mean steaming the heads? It was revolutionary for us to see it. Cause before mm-hmm. we have to beetle them and we don't yeah. have beetles and it costs an 400 bucks to well, the head. So I got beetles. Yeah. 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 I told you, I told you I'd throw some beetles your way. Yeah. I don't, I don't need that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> the steaming process, it took me, oh, what, like an hour yeah. per bowl. So yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. So, um, I wanted to like, like, can we talk a little bit more about the, the meat donation situation? Um, sure. about like, um, so you guys, um, because it, it's not just because I think, I think we've covered the vast majority of things when it comes to here. Now we're home and we're happy. You know, that, that's essentially what's, what's happening now. Let's talk about like, um, what we can pull from this experience. Cause you guys, um, let's say somebody has gone, they've gone moose hunting yeah. and, um, it's not just an experience for their own gratification. Let's try and figure out like, okay, so how can, how can this experience make you a better person? And how can this experience help you to then pass things on? One way that I see that as a, as a hunter is, is definitely donating the meat. It's easiest to donate in Alaska. They have such a system for it already. Um, other States are harder. We generally, we go through, we figure out, making sure our freezers are full and then we start giving stuff away after that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we, we donate a lot of meat. I like to keep a lot of stuff local. Um, I think God has blessed us in that way. And that, 
there's a lot of needs like we were talking about. There's there's global needs, but there's so many local needs, so many single mothers. Um, men have walked out or whatever, and they have kids and their kids don't have meat. Um, our local schools, so we're really involved in, um, my, my, my wife has been really involved in the local school in the past. Um, and there's all these kids that literally the school, uh, sends food home with them over the weekend to make sure that they have food. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of those like unknown epidemics that's within our country. And so there's all this opportunity, but here's, here's one thing I do think Joshua is that, um, there's a there's no answer that we could give that would please most people mm. that have that are that are throwing those things at us, yeah. um, because they just they they have no they wanna they wanna they wanna find fault is what they're looking for maybe it's jealousy whatever it is but the thing that we have to be centered on is we have a true and passionate love for hunting and we have a real passion for people. That's why we do what we're doing at Limitless Outdoors. Like we truly care for people's souls. We want to minister to not only their souls, but their physical bodies as well. Um, and God's given, it's like a byproduct. It's an awesome byproduct of the ministry where we're getting to harvest these animals. Our families are fed and we're, the byproduct is we're able to help feed some other people as well and be a blessing to other people. And so that's, you know, you, at a certain point you have to have a rudder as a man, you have to have a rudder within yourself and understand, um, who you are, what God's called you to do and to embrace it and walk in it the best you possibly can. And people are going to have all sorts of opinions about that. Um, but we do it the best we can. Um, when it comes to it, just kind of something that Joshua had said a little bit earlier about just taking the steps to put one foot right in front of the other, start with the air taxi, start planning, actually pull the trigger on it because nothing's going to happen if you don't pull the trigger on it. And I know Colton said it a handful of times over the course of this series, like life is short and you don't know what tomorrow is bringing. Uh, and, and don't, don't put it off till tomorrow. Don't put it off till next year. Start planning. Uh, even if you are planning for a couple of years out, but actually start taking those steps and plan it because God has an incredible world out there and it is an incredible blessing, not just for you, but for everybody that's involved in it. Just really want to encourage you to get out there and get after it. And we hope that this will be an awesome resource for you to do that until next time, my friends, God bless you all. And remember, it doesn't matter what you've done. It only matters what you do now.